Welcome in to another edition of the Down the Road Podcast. I'm Nick Grunowitz, voice of your Lakeland Magic. Thanks for joining us for another episode. It's my pleasure to tell you that the Down the Road Podcast is presented by Visit Central Florida. Visit Central Florida wants you to be sweet and help create a safe community for us to live in and for tourists to visit. Learn how you can do your part to be sweet at visitcentralflorida.org slash be sweet. We got a great episode set up for you here today. The assistant general manager of the Orlando Magic, the big club, Matt Lloyd, is going to join us. Matt has been with the organization for eight seasons, joining the Magic after 13 seasons with the Chicago Bulls. Of course, he was the interim GM with the Orlando Magic in 2017. Of course, he keeps an eye on all of the scouting and all of that for Orlando. So we're going to talk to him about this strange offseason, the, uh, the the upcoming draft, of course, and how you can get a handle on plans when we're not really even sure when next season is going to start. So why don't we get to our guest for this podcast? Matt Lloyd, the assistant GM for the Orlando Magic, is here. And Matt, I appreciate the time. Uh, these are... These are strange times. I'm sure they are even stranger times for a guy who kind of oversees scouting and and player development. Uh, I, I guess I'll start out with a very open question for you, Matt, and that is um, how how has how how different has this been for you just from trying to evaluate what's going on on the floor? From listen, it's been an NBA level because the G League hasn't been playing, but how different has it been just watching those games in the bubble from the seeding games to the playoffs, not really knowing what to take away from because of how different the games have been? Yeah, first off, Nick, I, I can't thank you thank you enough for having me. This is a, a great opportunity, and, and, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, you know, the, the opportunity to, to really drill down on players is, has been great, and, and the bubble is what it is. You know, the campus environment is what it is, and we've seen a lot of um, – you know, we've seen a lot of, of really exciting and fun basketball that's been played there. Uh, it has given us an opportunity to, to, to evaluate players in a different context, you know. And, and as we saw in our playoff games, I think especially that game one, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty much, you know, our team and, and their team. And there was, a, there was a moment in game one of the playoff series with Milwaukee where um, we had extended the lead. I would say I think it was like 8 to 10 and um, Antetokounmpo came down and had an incredible dunk. Now, if in Milwaukee, the place would have gone crazy and the music, and we probably would have been forced to call a timeout just given, you know, the emotional reaction that that dunk would have elicited. But, you know, we were able to play through it. So it, uh, um, because the, the context was so different, no emotion, no fans, no, no uh, heavy music. And, and, and so it was a little bit more pure form of the game. And, it's been really, really fun to watch, and I think we're continuing to see the intensity of these games uh, ramping up. Now, you, you got a chance to go to a couple of the games, like you said, uh, in terms of just the, the energy and the intensity. Is it kind of like watching pickup basket? Because I'm watching it at home, so I mean, I'm, I'm getting all the crowd noise and stuff they've laid into the broadcast. Is it just like pickup, like a guy will make a bucket, and like you said, there's, there's just a little less emotion, I guess, tied to every single play where in the playoffs – we saw last year in Toronto when the Magic played. That crowd can really make a difference. Yeah, the, the, I would. Uh, I would. Um, that crowd noise is piped into the oh, arena too. Okay. Yeah, so the the players are hearing that, and it's. Um, I would kind of say it, it's very similar to to playing a professional basketball game, like in a TV studio. And the NBA deserves 
an incredible amount of, of, of praise for how they've put this all together. So the little, anyone that's familiar with um, the ESPN wide world of sports out at Disney knows that there's like three arenas within walking distance of one another. And there's like baseball fields and soccer stadium and um, any, everything you could want to do, you can do out there. And within those three arenas, they've done such a good job of, of making it a, uh, you know, maintaining the, the, the competitive atmosphere for the players and the teams, because that's what that at the end of the day, is what it's all about. Um, but at the same time, they, the, the production values are cool and they didn't like rush into anything, you know, like we, we watch these games and, and they're not trying to do 75 different camera angles every game. And they're not trying to like, you know, uh, put a glowing marker on the basketball on TV and stuff the, the, the in arena, um, experience was was really neat and and it's a closed kind of closed environment and uh you know the players are 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 playing and i think it's something that we would see if we did if we got those players to all come into um you know a gym and play a pickup game but they're really not playing a pickup game they're they're executing (laughs) their offense and defensive schemes and um it's it's a it's a pretty unique thing to see and and the television experience has been has been awesome. I mean, we're all watching them at, at, at the same time as you guys all are, uh, and the experience has been great. There's there's no there's no lack of of camera angles, but they're not like trying to reinvent the wheel. So, um, all in all, the NBA deserves all the credit for. Uh, for, for executing a, a really, really cool um, experience. Yeah, fantastic job. We were talking to David Steele on the podcast, uh, the the Magic TV play-by-play guy, and uh, David was talking about how many microphones they put under the floor just to get the, the sneakers squeaking and the ball bouncing. It was something like 15 or 20 microphones are under there, and... Uh, the the television product has has been great. It's led to a lot of drama too. As we're taping this, they had that double overtime Celtics Celtics Raptors game last night, which was an instant classic. So uh, l- let me let me ask you this, Matt, because uh, this Magic team, as we look at it, both from a, a G League perspective with Lakeland, they dealt with some injuries this year, and on the NBA level, um, a lot of injuries on this team, especially as the season came to a close. Uh, you know, you're without Jonathan Isaac, of course, Al Farouk Aminu, Aaron Gordon, Michael Carter-Williams, Mo Bamba was dealing with the side effects uh, from COVID-19. Uh, when you look at how the season ended for the Orlando Magic, is is there kind of a, a feeling of maybe the playoff series with Milwaukee goes differently if we're at full strength or we're not really quite sure how this team would have fared in that series because we didn't have all of our horses? Yeah, I think that's such a good question, Nick. And 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 um, all we can do is speculate as to like what that would look like. But it was encouraging to see, um, you know, when Jeff Weltman and John Hammond got here, uh, and 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 when they hired Steve Clifford, uh, we, you know, we we needed to strive for consistency, and consistency means, um, you know, organizational commitment to to excellence. You know, and and it was encouraging to see. The, the the that the team was able to you know compete in, and we competed in every one of those games you know all five of those games were generally well one of the games maybe got a little bit out of hand but for the most part that series was was close and we gave them a good series based on you know our um you know top to bottom toughness our defensive identity that that coach clifford's been able to establish and um we went we didn't lack for uh, fight and, and, and competitiveness throughout that entire season. And I think, you know, it does lead you to always, you know, try to look and, and, and look back and say, well, what if, 
you know, and, and that just is what it is. We couldn't control that. No, no team can control injuries, but it was encouraging to see that we had have accumulated a, 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 some depth, you know, and, and, and some of the depth that we've accumulated is, has been based on the experience we've had with Lakeland uh, over the last couple of years and, and how that's become an integral part of our player development process. And, and uh, so, so it was encouraging. I mean, I think you can only look at it that way and, and, and we can build upon it for, for next season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and, and you mentioned the depth that you guys have got, whether it be a Gary Clark or a James Ennis or a Kem Birch who played with us in Lakeland the inaugural season uh, in Polk County. Kem has to be – listen, I'm, I'm president of the Kem Birch fan club. Uh, I have caught a lot of flack for the amount of praise that I give to Kem Birch, but uh, he has to be a guy that the front office looks at and is just kind of a, a, a feather in the cap because – the Magic, you know, Jeff Weltman, you, uh, John Hammond, went out and found that guy in Greece when anybody could have got him. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I'd like to to uh, apply to be the the, the social activity we'll director you. of the Kim Birch fan, You're in. fan club. If that's a, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but yeah, Kim Kim has, um, you know, the first time I saw Kim Birch play, he was playing for the Canadian Junior National Team uh, at an event called. Um, the uh, the Nike Hoop Summit. No, maybe it was, it was it was something else like the new Nike Global Challenge. And I saw him. He got 22 rebounds against you know 10 future NBA players who were on the USA Junior National Team. So it had always been kind of fun tracking him throughout you know his college career at at, at Pittsburgh and then at UNLV. And then he had an initial kind of um, jaunt through the G League. Uh, he started in Sioux Falls and. Mm-hmm then that took him to, uh, to Europe. And in Europe, he really found himself, and he found himself in a situation that was super competitive in a, in, a, in a very good coaching situation. And he was able to come back because of the work that he put in. And we saw that that first year in, in Lakeland because he, you know, his, all of his work started to manifest itself in a positive manner. And for all the work that he did, the work that the coaching staff in, in Lakeland did and the work that Anthony Parker and Adetunji Adedipe did to get him to this point should not be ever understated. Um, Kim has, has worked, and he's a consistent worker. He's a great screener. He's a great team defender. He's a great individual defender. He's a great rebounder. Um, and a lot of that has, has been able to help the Magic, the Orlando Magic, because of what he, you know, that foundation he laid in, in Lakeland. We could trust Kim. Kim was going to be someone that would – when he's put in the game, he'll know what to do and how to do it. So a lot of credit goes to Kim and a little bit of credit goes to the to the Lakeland coaching staff and, and, and Anthony and Tunji in particular. Yeah, well, I still think if you guys send him down for that playoff game, we win it three years ago. I'm not holding any grudges. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, just saying. I, they, I think they've stolen a championship ring off Lakeland's fingers two years in a row, by the way, with the Pinson three and then the season getting canceled this year. But uh, I, well, I, hey, yeah. you know, for, for, for the Lakeland Magic, um, I mean, all of our Lakeland Magic fans, and this is something that we monitor – the, the Lakeland Magic have the most regular season wins mm-hmm. in the league the last three years combined. So, I mean, that says something, that means something. And, and um, when Jeff Weltman got here, he had experienced um, G League success and, and knew the, uh, the importance that it plays in, in, in dynamic organizational growth. And, and we've seen that at Lakeland. Lakeland is a very special thing uh, to me personally. Like, I, I – Every time I'm home, I, I schedule to go out there, and I've been out there. I've seen over you the last. Uh, yeah, I love going. I love sitting in my little seat, and they 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 
and and but it's such a great opportunity to see players and to really evaluate what's going on. Um, we can we can point to the current NBA playoffs and really the the G League uh, is a huge has been a huge factor in it. That the the modern NBA organization utilizes the G League in a manner to prepare their players to play in the situations that they're in now. And we can go up and down the rosters of all the teams still remaining and playing and, and point to, oh, yeah, well, he did this in the G League. Oh, he played 49 career games in the G League. Oh, he played, you know, uh, 18 career games in the G League, including seven games in, in the playoffs and two in the finals. So the, the G League's influence on the NBA is being played out in front of our eyes, and that's going to continue to grow in Lakeland. We're really, really excited about it. Yeah, no, you're right about that, whether it be a, a Chris Boucher or a Pascal Siakam with Toronto or, you know, a, a Tremont Waters. Those, I mean, the Miami Heat, I mean, Duncan, with, with, yeah, Duncan Robinson. Yep. Has he missed in Kendrick the bubble? Nunn, I don't think Derek he's missed. Jones. Yep. Uh, wow. yep. D- Duncan Robinson, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Derek Jones, all those guys have played, you know, 30 or more games in the in their G League program. And, and we're going to start to see the benefits of that here in Orlando and in Lakeland over the next couple of years as well. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, great point, Matt. Uh, let me let me ask you this because um, I got a chance to see him in Lakeland, of course, during practice, but he didn't get on the court. Uh, you guys are going to have Chuma Okiki join the team next year. Um, what what can can Magic fans I guess expect to see him bring to the organization? Because I I saw him work out, but of, but but of course he wasn't a hundred percent when uh, when the season was was stopped. Yeah, I, um, Chumo Kiki is someone that we're all like really internally excited about because Chuma brings not and for everything that he brings basketball wise, he he brings double as a person and and he's just such a. Um, He's such an interesting guy. There, there's like depth to his personality. Um, he's a very incredibly diligent person in terms of his work ethic and how he approaches things, you know, in his day-to-day life. And, you know, his, his, his game um, is a modern NBA game. He can play multiple positions defensively and he can shoot and he knows how to play. Um, so as we've seen like the evolution of the, of the game over the last couple of years and, and the importance of three point shooting. And it's not just um, small ball. I think everyone says, Oh, small ball. It's about being big on the perimeter and being able to play um, multiple positions, both on offense and defense and um, impact the game. So your strengths are strengthening your teammates weaknesses or uh you know, collectively, everyone's working together. So Chuma's going to add to that because that's who he is. He's a he's a, a an intelligence-based player um, that can guard multiple positions and 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 is going to be a capable three-point shooter. He's going to be coming off of an injury, and we're going to allow have to allow him for um, you know the growth and to get ramped up because he is going to be a rookie. And uh, but we're really really excited about him and and the experience that he had in Lakeland and in, in helping accelerate his recovery program is, you know, is really going to pay dividends for us in Orlando next year. Yeah, you mentioned Anthony Parker, of course, and, and, and Tunji Adedipe as well as Stan Heath uh, with Lakeland. How much how much communication is there between the front office and those guys, not just when it comes to Chuma working down there and Chuma getting some, 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 uh, some rehab in, but also just in terms of evaluating the talent on the roster? Because... You, you've had guys like Emil Jefferson and Troy Copain and Vic Law, who I know we're both a big fan, big fans of, B.J. Johnson, too. How much, how much yep. communication is there with those guys between the front office, uh, between you and them, I guess? 
Yeah, it's a, the, the, the communication dynamic that exists is, is, is so vitally important. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not about just um, – it's about putting the, position, the players in a position to succeed and to help them grow. And one thing I think we can all be very, very proud of with Lakeland – um, that and, and you mentioned Troy Copain and um, Brian Angola and oh, yeah. everyone that's come through there has gotten much better. John Petroselli is playing in a in a um, in the German league this year. I'm sorry, in uh, yeah, in the German league with uh, on the same team as Troy Copain. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they they're going to start their season pretty good uh, pretty soon, and they're going to be playing in an important um, international competition as well. So everyone that's come through there has been subject to a player development dynamic that they might not have gotten somewhere else. And the atmosphere that's created there by Anthony and Tunji and Stan Heath and all the assistant coaches is one of, Hey, we're going to work today to get better. And every day is going to be a good day. You know, Anthony Parker uh, does not have bad days. (laughs) You know, like he just, he comes in every day. He's the same person and he's his approach. um, His approach, like you demands that you get better and you do it and you have fun doing it. So as the leader there, like that's the, the atmosphere that he's created. And again, like we're starting to see the, 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 the payoffs from that, the dividends from that, and we're going to continue to see them. And, um, you know, I think it's just such a good, it's a good learning environment for pro basketball there. And the communication goes all the way up to Jeff Weltman. So Jeff knows exactly what's going on there um, with uh, the, the, the players that are on the roster, who's performing, who's doing what they need to do to get better. And then they, those guys also have their fingers on the pulse of the entire league. You know, Tunji in particular is we are scouring that league for, for players on a, um, on a day-to-day basis and, and attempting not only to make Lakeland better, but how are we making Orlando better? So um, it's like a symbiotic relationship that exists between the coaches and, and the front office staff um, between Lakeland and Orlando, and we're constantly, you know, scouring for 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 advantages that we can create um, in both spots. Yeah, this may sound like a captain obvious point, but you've been with the organization for you just finished up your eighth season, right? Is that correct? That was my eighth season. Yep. Okay, eight seasons. Uh, you of course were here when the team was was in was in Erie. There is a rule in the G League. Every NBA organization has to have a team in Erie at least once in the G League. I'm I'm convinced of that. <laughs> that seems that way. It it, yeah. it they're, they're just they're they're everyone just moves right through there, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, <laughs> it it has to be a lot easier to utilize the G League franchise when it's 45 minutes down the road, isn't it? That's obvious. But but how how has that changed? I guess in the last three years. Yeah, it's been it's been so important because we we have a player development staff um, in Orlando uh, led by Becky Bonner that that you know is responsible for kind of shuttling the players through. And we there was no direct flights from Orlando to Erie, Pennsylvania. You know, we would have, we would either have to go to Cleveland or have to go to um, uh, Pittsburgh, and and it was a connection and and it was a very difficult you know travel routine. So having it this close is, is, is really, really has been important for us because for example, um, we can, his rookie year, Wes and Wundu go down there and play, you know, and then he could come back and sleep in his own place. And it was an opportunity for him to, you know, get minutes and get, get exposure and get um, exposure to competition outside of the practice exposures that he had had. So um, it's a, it's a really, really, it's a great thing for us to be so close. Uh, and we've continued to like, 
um, you know, curate the, the, the ways we can make it as easy as possible for the players to experience both spots, especially the two-way players. Like this year, B.J. Johnson and Vic Law spent a lot of time with uh, Lakeland, obviously, and they spent a, a, a pretty decent amount of time with Orlando, which practicing with the Orlando Magic allows them to, to, to kind of grow in an environment with, you know, um, NBA players. And then they go down there and they have, they have significant responsibilities with Lakeland. Um, they have significant responsibilities in terms of winning with Lakeland. So, um, you know, the, the, the relationship between Lakeland and, and, and Orlando is, is one that started off really, really well and it's continuing to grow, you know, uh, incrementally throughout the, throughout the years. Yeah, it's much easier when guys don't have to make what I call the Devin Marble migration, going from Orlando up to Erie, then back. And there was a season there where I feel like Devin Marble made it like 12 or 14 times. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued with your thought. I, I really want to know your thoughts on this, uh, Matt, because uh, the G League, the NBA and the G League are rolling out that pathway to the pros program with the, you know, the, the highly touted high school players are going to go play a season in the G League. They're going to call them the Ignite. It's based in... Uh, uh, LA, I think Brian Sh- Brian Shaw. I want to say it's Brian Shaw is going to coach that team. What what from a from a, an evaluator standpoint, from an you know a, a a someone who's been in scouting for as long as you've been with 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 both Chicago and Orlando. What's your take on that in terms of would in terms of what the NBA is trying to do there? Yeah, it's super exciting. Just the opportunity to kind of watch, um, you know, players that we had been seeing in, in the junior national team level and at the high school All-American games and the camps that we're allowed to have access to, we're going to see them get the opportunity now to compete against, um, you know, pros. And, and they're going to be kind of have their feet in the fire immediately. So um, the NBA is going to also kind of fast track their development through putting them in NBA situations uh, from a practice and travel standpoint, it, like right out the gate. So um, I'm ex- extremely excited personally to be able to watch that, that whole thing evolve and grow and, 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 and see what it elicits. Um, some of the prospects they have on the team for this coming year are really, really exciting. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun experience all around in, in, in any way that we can kind of gain an advantage by, by accelerating the development opportunities for those kids is, is really, really great. And the challenge is going to be putting them in a, um, you know, in an environment where we can really gauge their competitiveness uh, because they're likely not going to be competing against kids uh, and, and, and young men their own age. They're going to be, you know, playing against, you know, significantly older and, and more kind of hardened pro players. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, it's something that I think a lot of people in my position are really excited about, and we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because you're right. Going up against the the likes of an Allen Anderson or someone like that who spent spent a season in in Lakeland, it's just it's gonna be different. It's gonna be different for those guys, yeah. and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Matt, let me let me get you out on this because the draft is coming up. I have to ask at least one question about the draft. I think it's in my contract, but uh, <laughs> take, take me inside the war room as much as much as you can here. Uh, what is there? What What are the priorities? What What's the What's the thought process heading into this year's draft in what has been a very un- strange and kind of uncommon off season where you didn't have an NCAA tournament and and your team is picking what is it fifteenth sixteen no fifteenth fifteenth this year? Yeah, so it, it's it's the the there's no difference in terms of the the challenge in front of us, that's just going to be a different context. And we've been working diligently towards, 
you know, saying the draft's going to be at some point, right? So we can't, like, we can't get paralysis by over-analysis, but we still have to kind of continue to get all the information that we would normally get to allow Jeff to make the decision on draft night. So we've been, like, uh, we've been using our time to kind of dive into um, some of the process stuff that we do, and then at the same time, you know, go back to the draft. We did a lot of pro scouting um, when the NBA restart happened and uh, in the seeding games in the bubble. And that was able, we were able to kind of redirect our, our, our eyes towards what is an NBA player. And in this draft, um, you know, who, who are the players that kind of fit the roles that we, that we need on the team? I'm really proud of our staff because the, uh, um, since the, 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 the restart started and since we've been on this delay, we've taken that chance to really dive into interviews. We've done a, over 120 Zoom interviews with potential players. We've done a lot of our um, psychological assessments can be done online, and we've done those, and we've really challenged the prospects that we've had access to to this point um, and, and put them in situations that as much as we can, we've replicated the experience of coming in and working out for the magic. So while we're protecting ourselves from kind of getting to a point where we're saying, well, player X can't do this and he can't do that and he can't do this we've we've protected ourselves from being you know overexposed to the players because at some point you know in march we we had an opinion about a player um and we had addressed that opinion we dissected it um we just i have no access now to to the work that the players have been doing and and you know it's hard to to kind of put yourself in their shoes because they've been working out now for five or six months. So as far as we know, there's a couple, couple of these players that have, you know, are going to look like Hulk Hogan when they, when they get, they get out of this because they've been working out so much. So we won't know the evolution of their game. We're not going to have, we're not going to have any access to that. So we're going to have to rely on our ability to assess it in some ways. And the NBA pushing the draft back allows us more time to gain access to their medical information and get some sort of, you know, clarity on, on, on the possibility of having in-person um, interview access and stuff. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But our, our main focus has been continuing to be prepared in the manner which we, the, and, and, and the, uh, you know, the, how, the, the, the standard that we hold ourselves to, which is, is really high. Um, and, and, and once the draft is, is finally on, we'll be ready to execute it. Well, I look forward to uh, to seeing the new members of the Orlando Magic and Lakeland Magic family when that does happen. Uh, Matt, listen, I I'm not just saying this because you're you're on the podcast here. Uh, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. I really appreciate the work that you do with the organization. It's great seeing you when you come down to Lakeland, and uh, you've been very generous with your time. So thanks for joining us here. I do appreciate it. Nick, thank you so so much. I'm 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 so happy to have been here, and 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 uh, really really am looking forward to the time. Well, again, when we can kind of sit in the RP Funding Center and 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 watch some some exciting basketball. So so thank you so so much for having me on today. That is Matt Lloyd, the assistant GM for your Orlando Magic. Of course, has a big hand in building the roster every single year with Anthony Parker and Tunji Adedipe, as well as the general manager and president of basketball operations, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman of the Orlando Magic. Thank you for hanging out with us on another edition of the Down the Road podcast. It is presented by Visit Central Florida. We will talk to you on our next episode. But until then, I'm Nick Grunowitz. Thanks for hanging out. 